Welcome to Roar with Sparks. How loud is your roar? I am your host, Kristen Sparks. I am the CEO and founder of Roar Inc., Voices Are Power, communications and connections company. I am a corporate and personal growth facilitator. I am an infinite possibilities and certified success principles trainer, currently working on my master certification for the success principles and my BVC coaching certification. I am a facilitator, author, speaker, and thought leader. I am a cancer, broken heart, body, and soul thriver. 2022 is a power year and all about living our best life. I may live with chronic pain, but I find joy in every day in the act of getting up and having a new day filled with infinite options, opportunities, and possibilities of success. Roar with Sparks, How Loud Is Your Roar is all about you. Come join the conversation as we gather weekly to share wisdom, insight, and value, learning from and giving to each other and our special guests, sending our vibration higher and charging each other up all while having fun. Can't wait to see you here. How loud is your roar? Hi, and welcome to Roar with Sparks. This is our monthly get together with Kathy and I. And before we get into our conversation today, I just want you to know that neither one of us are doctors. We are not prescribing anything. We are not telling you what you should or you shouldn't do. This is all personal experience. This is all about how we have been affected by mental health issues and what we have done in our own lives to deal with that. And so, again, we are not trained professionals. We are not doctors of any kind. We are not prescribing anything. If you do need help, please reach out to a mental health professional. There are national hotlines. There are all kinds of mental health professionals online, none of which we are telling you should or shouldn't use. But if you need help, please reach out to a professional. So, Kathy, how are you, love? Woo! <laughs> In the midst of my own mental battle. Yeah? What's going on? You want to talk about that? Well, I have. Well, I've been diagnosed with major depressive disorder, a.k.a. MDD. So it's always a constant battle to be happy so on with the events that happened you know facing a divorce well get going get ready to go through the divorce papers haven't been drawn up it has agitated that but what I've learned in twelve years is that I just have to find ways to deal with it which is today is I made an um, effort and I did it I did a 10 minute workout and I'm going to do that for 30 days. And then I have to make some soap later on. And then we'll see from there. That's as far as I got. Yeah, that's huge. That is huge. Sometimes it's just an effort to get out of bed. Yeah. And thank God I have my kid because I have to get out of bed. Right. And then I have my fur baby. Right. Yes. And I have my fur babies that I have to get out of bed and let out the door, walk or give meds to. So, yes, everything helps. It does. It does. I have battled depression in my life. I have battled drug use and sexual 
misbehavior, I guess you could call it, to overcome adversity, to, you know, try to squash the emotion. I have um, been there when my mother was uh, diagnosed with, gosh, I don't even remember what it was. They called it a nervous breakdown back then, but she was institutionalized for six months when I was a teenager. Which, you know, for me just caused major chaos in my life. Not that I blame her in any way. I talked about that on another podcast. You know, there's there's no blame. It's we are human and we are fallible and we are fragile. You know? We're definitely fragile. Yeah. And it's okay to not be okay all the time. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And check up on yourself. And when you, how am I today? And if you're not okay, it's okay. So, yeah. And it's okay to be dramatic and to feel your feelings, to really feel your feelings. You know, that doesn't mean that you're out of control or that, you know, you're overly emotional or that there's something wrong with you. Because you are feeling your feelings. It's so highly important to understand that feelings are just that. They are feelings. They will wash over you like a wave. They will come and they will go. But it's okay to feel them in the moment. Right. And they're necessary. They are. They're just, you know, they're part of being human. Exactly. And it doesn't matter whether we're male or we're female. We all have feelings and emotions. Right. Yeah. Right. And it causes lots of problems when we don't feel them, when we don't acknowledge them, you know, when we ignore them and we try to keep them under the rug. That's where we get into trouble. And then there's over and above that, there are true mental conditions you know, chemical imbalances and all kinds of different things because the brain is such an incredible machine. But sometimes it needs an oil change, you know? Sometimes it needs a bell replaced <laughs> or a spark plug. <laughs> My skin changes every day. <laughs> That's right. You know, it does because it, you know, it is so... Amazing. And there's so much of it we don't understand still. Right. Unless you've dealt with it or supported someone that's gone through it, honestly supported someone that's going through it and not stand in judgment, then people just think, oh, whatever. But everyone is just one incident away from having a mental. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's okay to get help. It's okay. I mean, we are so blessed to live in a time that we have the resources that we do, you know, whether it is, you know, through a counselor that we go to see, whether it's through the use of medication, we are so lucky to have this ability now and not to have to hide behind something that's, you know, Back in the day, especially like, you know, when my mother went through it, you didn't tell people, you know, and if you did, you know, it was like, 
oh my god there's something wrong with you you know because your mother has it or you know you would hide the the person away you put them in a room or in an institution and you never saw them again it's like nowadays you can at least live in your own identity even with a mental condition you know you don't have to be ashamed of it you don't have to yeah like back in the day they would put you in an institution and you came home and sometimes you didn't come home but now now you can still go into it and get help and come out healthy and happier. For me, when I was diagnosed, I have several diagnoses. I also suffer from PTSD. I have an anxiety disorder. I have ADHD and, of course, my major depressive disorder. The one that, I, that hit me the hardest was PTSD because that's associated with being in the military. And then, you know, well, uh, were you ever in the military? No. And then they still didn't hand me, tell me why I had it until one doctor said something traumatic happened to you. And this is why you have that. And I instantly knew what it was. And then after that, I was more upset. Well, I accepted my diagnosis and I wasn't ashamed of it because when he told me that the event that happened, I had no control. Exactly. You have a control over your response, but you certainly don't have a control over events. No. Right. And, you know, it's... For me, it's a blessing. Right. And it's so amazing that you were able to find someone who was able to validate why, you know, and to know as a human that we all can suffer from PTSD. It's not just a military diagnosis. Right. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. And being that I'm a military spouse, they associate, well, maybe, and, and I'm kind I'm kind of in shape, so. <laughs> by looking, oh, military, no, no. Yeah, and, and it's, it's a, a validation of you as a person that even though you're not, like I said, in the military, you can still have PTSD. You know, anything traumatic that happens can trigger that I, it's a, a protection you know it's a mental protection for me I had a real problem with God and I couldn't figure out why I had a, such a problem with God but I was absolutely you know there is no God you know so I was a, an atheist for many many years and then I became um, a lot more spiritual and I had an instance right before I was diagnosed with cancer um, that I'm writing a book about that's called, I think I found God, holy shit. And I know, right? <laughs> but it's all about this, this journey of why I lost that belief. Um, even though I was a very, and still am a, an extremely spiritual person. I've always believed that there is a universe. There is something that's bigger than us. There is something that is, is going on in the universe. As I had this experience and started to write this book, I remembered the instance and why. I was going through confirmation classes, and I had been 
removed from the class for asking too many questions. And I didn't want to tell my parents that I was not going to the classes. So I would continue to go on Saturday mornings. And I had found this little hidey hole. And the only thing to read was the Bible. So I read the Bible. So I actually know quite a bit about the Bible. But I was gang raped by the boys in the class. I had completely boxed it away and had forgotten about it and didn't understand why I said, nope, not going, not going to be confirmed in the church. I don't believe what you believe. This is, you know, utter crap. And now I know why. But that was PTSD. You know, everything that happened after that was totally because of PTSD. How long did you box that away? Up until two years ago. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I did not remember it until I started to write it and wrote it and read it and went, what? I really, I was shocked. I was shocked, but it suddenly clicked. I remembered it. I know exactly who it was. I couldn't name them now and I don't want to, but you know, they have to deal with whatever the karma is for them. For me, it was a challenge that I needed to go through and I needed to remember it at the time that I remembered it. And so for me, it, it totally gave credence to everything that happened after that and why I was so angry, why I was so hateful and why towards myself, not towards other people, but towards myself and so destructive for so long and why I chose to be in the relationships that I chose to be in that were, you know, mentally and physically and emotionally abusive, why I chose to be so horribly against myself and self-sabotaging and all the things that you do because you, you don't understand, you know, you're just angry. You're just trying to figure it out. Right. The thing that I like to say about that is when you go through and you're figuring it out, it's forgiveness. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, release you the shame and the guilt. Yourself. Yes, yes. It's like, oh, I would, oh, no, forgive yourself. Oh, that's so good, Kathy. That is so good. I am all about forgiveness. You have to forgive so that you can move forward. And you know that my core motivation, it's so funny because I was supposed to have a podcast this morning. So I actually did a podcast on my own. And I talked about all of this in that podcast. So it's like, oh, this is just a, you know, (laughs) a continuation of that conversation. But you know that my core motivation is really changing the conversation from blame, shame, and guilt to love, joy, and grace. And in that is the forgiveness. In that is the releasing of all of that baggage that you no longer have to carry. And however you need to learn to do that is amazing. I started learning with, you know, inner child work and John Bradshaw back in the 90s, the early, late 80s, early 90s. And I was still married to my ex-husband who is was one of my abusers, but I would read 
constantly to try and keep myself out of depression, out of suicidal thoughts. And I've, I've battled, I have battled suicide my whole life, you know, from the time that I was young. And now I know why a lot of that was coming out. But until, you know, recently, you know, in 2013, when I fell and I thought I was going to have to live with this ungodly pain, which, you know, I still do, but it, I've changed how I look at it now. So it's not a, a, a feeling of need to remove myself from this life. But at the time in 2013, I really, I didn't have the tools. I didn't know what to do for a long time. And well, it wasn't long. It was, you know, within the first month of the accident. And I planned my suicide. I knew the combination of the drugs I needed. I had it all planned out. I knew exactly when I was going to do it and how I was going to do it. And I had read about the drugs to make sure that I had the right stuff so I didn't end up a vegetable because I didn't want anybody to have to take care of me. And something made me open my mouth when my wife came home from work. And we found out that I was actually having a reaction to the medication that I was on. It was a side effect medication that I was on. And so as I was coming off the medication, we had someone with me every single hour of every single day for three weeks until I was completely cleared of the medication and didn't have any of it, any of the side effects left. But I was ready, man. I was going. There was nothing going to stop me. I've been there. I didn't mourn my mom's death for three years. Until a band practice had a bad panic attack, I could not move. And then I instantly thought of my mom, how she felt when she was on life support. Yeah. My whole body was just locked up. So then my kid, being a kid, said something. And I was just like, you know what? I'm out. I'm tired. I just let me go see why she didn't loved me while she was here, and I'm just out. Yep, I had a whole plan, too. Yep, but the best thing that I did for myself, somehow my husband came home, was to go, go away. I call it a mini vacation for two weeks and figure out things. Yep, because I deserve to be here. Oh, right. Yes. You so do. <laughs> you deserve so to be. do. So once... Oh man, see, we're, t- we're talking about things that people usually don't say out loud. And I've been like that for years. Like, this is who I am. This is what I deal with. It's either you like me or you don't. And that's that. Yep. I am who I am. <laughs> I am. <laughs> yes. Yada, yada, yada. Yes. But for three years, I just couldn't accept it. Yep, up until um, I've been here almost five years. Uh, 2017 was the first time I could actually say that she died out loud, like out of my mouth. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know how we talk about the. Yeah, my mother passed away a year ago. <sighs> and we hadn't talked for 10 years. She battled her demons up until, I guess, the day she passed. And. She and I just could not find a way back to each other. And it, 
it sorrows me that, but I grieved her 10 years ago. So her passing, while is sad, and I'm sorry I didn't get to say goodbye. I said goodbye, but I would have liked to have said goodbye again, you know. But that wasn't what she wanted because I had the opportunity. I was going up there. I made arrangements, and she decided to pass right before I went. So, you know, for me, she really said that I don't want to see you in this life. And I've talked to her more that she's passed than ever talked to her, you know, while she was around in the last 10 years. So, yeah, it's for me, I always feel like you can express yourself to the other side and you can get messages from the other side. So I don't feel like that that was, you know, an ending. It's just a, a different plane they were on. There it is. Yes. Yes. Me and my mom's relationship was on and off her request, not mine, all the way up until I showed up. Oh, sorry about that. Until I showed up when it was on life support. And my mind protected me from realizing that I had already did, um, I took seen a therapist for that moment. But my mind protected itself from that. Except when I got back, and I called my therapist and I told her, I said, well, you remember when I told you, she asked me, you know, well, why, why are you here? I have a feeling I'm going to lose a parent three to two to three years tops. And I have a feeling it's going to be my mom. And I have some stuff to figure out before she goes. The whole time when I'm there for three weeks, she's on life support. I'm running around in my pajamas in the hospital. And the, how I prepared myself never came up in my mind. It never Never even came up until I got home. So my mind protected itself. But I'm glad it did. And then I'll see her again. You will. Mm -hmm. You will. And she sends you messages all the time. When I was on my mini vacation, she came to me. Yeah, they come in dreams. They come in meditations. They come, you know, when you're sitting at your desk and suddenly an inspiration comes in and it's like, oh, gosh, I remember when my mom told me that. Right. Or I look in the mirror and I see her. Oh, my God. <laughs> right? I feel sports when I know my mom's spirit is around me. I smell cigarettes. I'm like, really? Because I don't smoke anymore. I haven't been smoke free for uh, four years now. So oh, when me I smoke too. No. Yeah, two years. <laughs> When I smell cigarette smoke or if I go to take a photo and it's real foggy, I'm like, okay, Loretta, go that way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I but know. I it's like Ruth Mary. <laughs> she hates being called that. <laughs> she used to call me Kristen Elizabeth when I was in trouble. So I call her Ruth Mary when I have an issue. <laughs> Ruth Mary, get out of my damn mirror. <laughs> Side. But I thought that into her was why. Why didn't you love me the way I needed you to? Or why did you do me like this? But after the dream, the dream was, are you happy? And she said, yes, I am. But you know, you can't stay here. So I thought it was because when I wrote it down, why, why? But it was, no, is she happy? Because she was going through some things before she left. 
So. You know, forgiving our mothers is one of the hardest things that we can do. We put them on a pedestal. We think they're these goddesses. And that's not that they're not. But as a child, we look up to them and they're imperfectionism. You know, it's an absolute perfect perfect model. And when we get older and realize that there are things that have happened that they did or they didn't do. And we as mothers have made some of the same mistakes, made different mistakes, and we have to forgive our, our mothers. We have to forgive ourselves and we have to forgive the rest of the people that are around us. You know, you know, from our conversations that I believe we bring our challenges with us. We choose the people that we want in our lives and we choose them because we want those challenges. So if we don't forgive, then we never learn the lesson. Right. We never grow. I was never mad at my mom. I was always hurt. Mm, Yeah. Because she felt less than. Not good enough. Yeah. Not one. Not wanted. Not wanted. Like, nothing I did would get me next to her or have the relationship that I wanted. Nothing. Nothing, nothing. I had a baby at my senior year in high school, but I finished. You know, but, but hey, mom, I got pregnant, but I finished. That she showed up my um, graduation day, but 30 days later, we weren't talking. So she would just come and go, come and go. Yeah. And that made you feel unwanted. And really, it had nothing to do with you. It had everything to do with her. You know, it was her own issues, you know, and the same for me and the same for you. And yeah, I know it's hard. It's so hard. I wish you would have been able to go to therapy because there's no telling what had raveled up. I wish you would have been able to do that. You know, my daughter, I've got three kids and my oldest daughter and I are in a, one of those rough patches. My middle daughter asked me for the first time ever said to me that I want to get to know you, who you are. That was huge. I don't think I ever asked my mom that. Did you ever ask your mom that? Boy, what a difference that might have made if we'd been able to do that. I, she was here yesterday and I told her just how incredible that question was. How incredible that made me feel. Because I've never felt, it's very powerful. I've never felt like they wanted to know me. She said, you know, you've always been this strong idol in our life, you know, that was supportive of anything that we wanted to do and always felt like we could do anything. And I felt, you know, completely supported by you. Not everything was perfect because it wasn't, you know, that, you know, they know that I know that, but she said, no one I know. Right. But she said, I've never, you know, you tell me stories every once in a while and they're really interesting and I want to know more. And that was just, oh, so powerful. Oh, I mean, yeah, that was amazing. And I, if I have a regret with my mom, 
it would be I never asked her that. I don't have any regrets. Well, the regret that I well, let me, the regret I do have with my mom is I, that I didn't cut her off. Every time I would go back, I just set myself up more and more. I wish I would have cut her off instead of just putting myself through it. That was a long time putting myself showing up, showing up. But I didn't know how. I mean, how do you do that? Yeah. It's hard. It's hard. When I did it, it was hard. I had just, I'd had enough. And I said, mom, I'm sorry, but I can't have, I, I can't have your craziness in my life anymore. I can't be the woman that I'm supposed to be with the craziness that you keep bringing into it. And that, that was hard. And I know that that was hard on her. It was just as hard on her as it was on me. And sometimes you have to do that because that's, yeah, to protect yourself. And even with my oldest daughter, if that's what she needs to do to protect herself, then that's what she needs to do. You know, we each have our own destiny and our own journey. And just because we're family, we're blood, we're our kids, we're our parents, we're ourselves, whatever it is, doesn't mean that we have to go through the journey with them. It doesn't. Yes. And I wish someone would have said that. When I, I decided to push back when I was going to my third chemo treatment. Well, you want that support. She gave me a scarf that had her perfume on there and she stuck it in a Ziploc bag. And I went to go take it with me. And then I said, no, she's not going to call. And I left at home. And I did six months of chemo and she didn't call one time. And she, he went through breast cancer and chemo herself. But I, yeah, wish I would have done it sooner. Protected my mom myself. did too. And she didn't, I don't think she even knew that I had cancer. I don't think anybody ever told her, but you know, so, hey, we got to go. I love you, sister. Well, covered a lot. We have, we have, this has been really an amazing conversation and every first Tuesday of every month, Kathy and I will be talking about something. Yeah. So come and join us. We love that you are here and you guys just make us feel so good to be involved in your life and to, to share with you the things that we do. So this is Roar with Sparks. How loud is your roar? Come join us again next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Roar with Sparks. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please share it with a friend. And of course, rate, review, subscribe on your favorite podcast player. We can be reached at www.wrarinc.com. Thank you again, and we can't wait to see you here next week. How loud is your roar?